0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Salah. Escape Canceler. Oh, that's brilliant from Mo Salah. And still Salah. Oh, sensational. Son Hanegal and still the beauty. Oh, what
1: a strike from Yuri Tielemans!
0: De Bruyne, And ah! it is Ward-Prowl! Oh. Oh. Still got go. Oh, he's done it again! Oh. And City have won the
2: Premier League! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world... A Tad Predictable, with your host, Tiriwa Chanakira, and his guest, it's me, Jodie McInnes.
1: It's game week 18, and you know what that means, it's time for another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. Guys, we've been on a bit of a hiatus, we've enjoyed the long break that we had during the World Cup. We're back at it, we're back at work, we're back in action, and we are joined by a very special guest, a guest that we haven't heard too often from in recent months, because she's gone on to bigger and better things, dare I say, with her YouTube show. But Jody, welcome back to the show, the first ever Bank It or Burn It champion. Um, yeah, first and foremost, welcome back, and how have you enjoyed sort of this World Cup mid-season break, so to speak?
2: Thank you. The champ is back in the building. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Very good. I've been, I actually enjoyed the break. I've enjoyed a break from Spurs. I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit, but it's been, yeah, it's been nice to not have to kind of stress and worry about Spurs too much over the last month or so. So that's been good. Um, And I've really enjoyed the World Cup. I thought it was really good. Um, Australia. In there, they did really well. So, um, I was really impressed with the boys. Um, they really showed up and that was good. Um, I think I really enjoyed Morocco as well, um, getting in there. Um, few surprises, I think, with Germany getting out early. Um, but I think overall, I was really happy with Argentina winning. So, yeah, it was good. And, and I guess, yeah, not having to, to think about Spurs for a bit has also been really nice. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, look, um, it was a really good, World Cup some exciting games and then we sort of went straight back into the Premier League over the festive period Um, so we've had one set of fixtures uh, to sort of see what the teams are looking like Um, I don't think it's enough to really give a full-on assessment of how the rest of the season will go especially with the transfer window looming and and how often teams can shake things up but we got an idea of how teams are looking sort of at this beginning part of the second half of the season and we're going to jump right into the fixtures for this weekend now obviously it's a full list of fixtures it runs from Friday evening so for those people that play fantasy football make sure to get your uh, teams locked in on Friday Uh, it goes all the way through to Sunday uh, New Year's Day so I suppose no fun times for Spurs Aston Villa Nottingham Forest or Chelsea players and staff because they'll be preparing for a game on New Year's Day. But let's start off with the games on Friday. We've got West Ham versus Brentford first of um Jody, West Ham looked quite shaky. I uh, I mean if, if you look at teams that probably needed the break, the World Cup break to sort of get their season back on form, West Ham would have been one of those teams that I would have picked and said, this is a great time for them to reset after a terrible start to the season. Um and then, unfortunately for them, they go up against the team that's top of the league. Um, and, you know, I guess true to form, so to speak, if we, if we, if we can even call it that, um, starting off cold in the second half of the season. Arsenal go out and win. It was a bit nervy for them at the beginning, but then they, they go out and win. West Ham, though, however, um, I thought they looked a bit lost at times, um, and it was a very, very tough game, which now makes it four losses in a row. Um, you know, if you look at before the break, how do you see how do you see them going into this game? And then obviously on the other side of the field, maybe a team you're slightly more familiar with having played them this past week, Brentford. Um, yeah, how do you see both teams going into this game? How do you see this fixture lining up?
2: Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I think West Ham haven't I don't think they've got the greatest recent history against Brentford anyway. Um and like, as you said, just their run of form's not been great. I think they're deep in the relegation sort of zone as well. Um I think I think they're going to be really tired as well after that game against Arsenal like you're saying. I think that was a pretty tough one for them. Um And then again, yeah, Brentford, um, again, like you say, they played us on Boxing Day and they really showed up. I think they were the better team on the day, um, at least in the first half before Spurs decided to finally start pitching up in like the last 20 minutes or so. But, um, I think they were, you know, they were pressing us really, really hard. And I do see something pretty similar potentially happening against West Ham. Um, I think Tony's obviously a threat, um, and I think, they'll be buzzing to get a win after that Spurs game. I think they'll really want to want to take that win. So I don't think it's going to be high scoring. Um, I'm going to say 1-0 to Brentford for this one, I think.
1: Yeah, a nice 1-0 win for Brentford would, I think, yeah. go quite well considering you know the, the game against Spurs. The performance, at least, as you said in the first half, was really good. And then to sort of come out of this start of the second half of the season with Four points from six, um, that will probably, I'd assume, keep them in the top half of the Premier League um, for another week, which is fantastic for them, and and just continues their season. I've, you know, uh, on this podcast, we've mentioned before how we feel Brentford are, are the new gatekeepers of the <laughs> Premier League. They sort of they they if you you know they're not going to make the game easy for you, certainly not mm-hmm. um, if you're playing away at Brentford. They are going to make the game difficult for you. They're very well coached, very well disciplined, got yeah. really good forward players. Um, just a solid team that will test you. And if you really want to be doing something in this league, you, it's a team you have to beat, mm-hmm. but it's still a very <laughs> tough game. Um, so I'm, I'm worried for West Ham in this game because West Ham haven't looked well-coached, well-disciplined, mm. with a game plan, with a spirited squad heading into games this season. And I was hoping mm. they were going to fix that over the, the break. So far, it hasn't looked like they've mm. done it, uh, which must be a concern. And then coming up against the gatekeepers, as, as dubbed mm. on this podcast, I think it's going to be a very, very tough outing for for West Ham in this one. You've got one nil. You've gone quite conservative. Mm. I, I, I think a 2 nil mm-hmm. to Brentford in this yeah. one. And, and it's just yeah. because they're, they're just so well-disciplined. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Quite lethal in attack. And I'm still yet to see that West Ham side that's looking like it's turning the corner and starting to sort their season out and maybe getting up the table to positions that maybe their their fans and, and even neutrals would have thought they'll be a lot higher up in the league. Um, speaking of teams that would have thought they would have been a lot higher up in the league. (laughs) The two teams that we we talk about next, it's Liverpool and Leicester. Both teams have had disappointing starts to the season. Um, Leicester currently find themselves in 13th place. Um, Obviously, that 3-0 loss to Newcastle on Boxing Day didn't help things. Liverpool, they got a win uh, against Aston Villa, 3-1 win. I think Aston Villa were decent in in that game. Liverpool, I Mm -hmm. thought... The first half, they, they looked quite good. Um, then their midfield sort of started to tire in the second half and it just unraveled and became sort of a, a basketball match end to end, which surprised me considering Liverpool were 2 0 up. You would assume they would want to, you know, control the game, slow things down a bit, but they just allowed the game to continue to be end to end, which I think played into the favor of Aston Villa. Um, but you know, credit to them. They end up seeing the game out, they get the win. And I suppose that's probably the most important thing for Liverpool at the moment is just get as many points on the board as possible and mm. then they'll kind of sort the form out um later on in the season, possibly looking at, you know, they've already made one transfer uh, and the transfer window hasn't even started, possibly looking at a midfielder as well in this transfer window. Then maybe the performances you can start... Trying to, you know, iron those out. But for now, I think needs must for Liverpool in terms of points on the board. Just win as many games as you can. Similar for Leicester, if they want to come up that table. But what do you think of, uh, Liverpool versus Leicester City? Uh, obviously it's, I guess, the, the Brendan Rogers derby. Um, <laughs> Brendan Rogers having been a coach at Liverpool. Well, what do you make <clears> of this one?
2: The Rogers derby. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, you said it, obviously, you know, Liverpool have been massively struggling this season. There's no there's no denying that. I think everybody's, everybody knows what's going on there. Um, I think, you know, their bench options also don't help them. Um, although, you know, bringing on younger players and scoring goals kind of seems like it's working for them. So <laughs> I don't really know.
1: The, <laughs> as soon as he came on, I was like, um, <laughs> it's so unfair on him because he, he's so young. Yeah. In coming onto a game where it's now 2-1… Um, yeah. Liverpool are looking to sort of see the game out. It, it's an important time for a player to, for, for substitutions, let alone bringing on such a young player. But credit yeah. to him, he, he showed he's got confidence.
0: Yeah. He a very <laughs> <you>. cheeky
1: goal. <laughs> yeah, you must have heard me screaming across the TV. But yeah, that that was exciting.
2: Yeah, no, it was really good. I think they they need to definitely keep turning it around. I think. Um, But I do expect them to start climbing, I think, um, as this half continues, like you said, the recent addition, um, that they've just signed of Gakpo. I think if hopefully, you know, for for their sake they'll get some more signings as well. Um, I definitely think they can still have a chance of making top four. Um I think Leicester again, a funny one. Um, I think, you know, they had a really good run of form up until the World Cup break. Um, I think they only conceded one goal in like their last seven, six, seven games or something. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see how they show up against Liverpool, especially after that Newcastle defeat as well. Um, uh, I think Liverpool are going to be pumped, though, from the Villa game. So I think I'm going to say 2-1 to Liverpool for this one. I think Liverpool will take it out.
1: So. A 2-1 win for Liverpool. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. don't trust them to keep clean sheets yet. Yeah. But- For Liverpool's sake, they need to keep a clean sheet in this game. And the only reason I say that is because Leicester have a very interesting situation at the moment wherein whoever scores in the Leicester game, I think in the last 9-12 to games that Leicester have played, the team that scores is the only team that scores in that game. So, I mean, looking at the Mm. Newcastle game at 3-0 loss... Looking at, mm. you know, just before we went on the World Cup break, they beat West Ham 2-0. Yeah. Um,
0: looking back yeah. before
1: that, 2-0 win over Everton. So it goes back yeah. almost 9, 10, 11, 12 games here yeah. where the team that scores first is the one that <laughs> then goes on and,
0: mm. and is the
1: only one to score goals in their game. So if Liverpool have any hope of winning, of I think there's only one game in, in that stretch of games where it hasn't happened, where both teams have scored. But <laughs> If Liverpool, going by this record, Liverpool need to keep a clean sheet in this one, which I suppose Uh. will boost them because those have come few and far between for Liverpool this season. Uh. I, however, am worried about Leicester considering the performance that I saw against Newcastle. If Liverpool score early in this one, I think Leicester are going to be in for a hiding because I did not see (laughs) any level of response from the Leicester players when they went down. And it just went downhill from there. They, they It's almost like the, the heads dropped. There wasn't that fight back. Obviously, they're missing players like uh, James Madison, who would be a key yeah. player in trying to launch any kind of comeback. Um But yeah, their centre-back situation hasn't been sorted out yet. And obviously, let me get on my soap, soapbox right now here for Darwin Nunes. Because obviously, I mean, everyone that isn't a Liverpool fan has been... I guess enjoying taking the mick out of Darwin Nunes, um, and the <laughs> amount of chances that he has missed. But I, I, I did tweet, um, you know, during that Liverpool Aston Villa game, and I do think it's quite true, um, when it comes to football, is especially when it comes to strikers. Um, so I'll, I'll just read my tweet out now. Biggest positive for young strikers is are they getting into goal scoring situations? Whether they score or not isn't as major a point as instant grat- gratification. Generation we live in will have you believe. Just have to hope their misses don't cost you three points. Darwin will be fine.
2: <laughs> he will hey, be he's fine. He's in my team. He's in my fantasy team. So <laughs> there you go. And that's <laughs> be uh, that,
1: that's the thing. I mean, it didn't help him that he came the same time as Erling holland and then yeah, obviously you get the people with the misinformation that that speak yeah. on. Oh well, he came for a higher fee than. Erling Haaland. If if you believe that, then I've got some (laughs) magic beans that I'm willing to say. But anyway, like, (laughs) put that part aside the amount of chaos, he's almost been dubbed the agent of chaos by Anfield Index. Um, The amount of chaos he causes for defenses, the amount of chances that he's getting. The fact that he's getting into those goal-scoring opportunities I think is fantastic for Liverpool fans and should be exciting. Yes, he's going to miss chances. Yes, he's going to frustrate you. But there's also going to be situations where he'll score like seven goals in four games. It's going to be up and mm. down until he becomes consistent. He's still very, very raw. He's still a yeah. young player. Um, I have no issues with Darwin and his trajectory at the moment. I, I think it's pr- more promising than mockery, the fact that he's getting all of these chances. and But I guess, as I said, it's instant gratification generation that we live in. They want results right now, now, now. He should be scoring 20 goals uh in two games or whatever people expect. But I think he's going to be fine. And if there is a game for Darwin Nunes to sort of go and just break the bank in terms of goals, this is probably one of them. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if he mm. gets more than one in this one. Especially if Leicester are giving the chances that they gave to Newcastle in this, you know, in this game. But enough about Liverpool. I've I've, I've gone on a soapbox. I've I've ranted. I've, I've I've. I don't think it was too much of a rant.
0: What, what was your score? Me,
1: yeah, I was leading up to it. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was it's called the tease in this business, Jody. Uh, um, <laughs> I was leading up to it. Um But in, enough about Liverpool. But before we head on to our next game, let me give you my score for that one. <laughs> I've gone with a 3-0 Liverpool win. Oh, um As I said, the quirk has come into it. The oh, fact yeah. that um wow. Leicester don't, you know, only one team scores in Leicester fixtures except for one game in their last 10-odd <laughs> games. So I've gone with the quirk. And wow. I've gone with the chances that they're allowed to Newcastle. And this game is going to be at Anfield, the crowd's probably going to be And Nunes is going to score
2: two of those. So. Gakbo
1: is going to be shown on yep. the cameras 50 billion times. It's just going to be a very festive Brendan
2: Rodgers is going to be on his knees. Oh,
1: my goodness. You can just imagine. You can just imagine. Um, yeah, so I'm, I've gone three and all to Liverpool. I just think the chances they're going to create in this game will lead to multiple goals being scored. Maybe a Darwin Brace and a Salah goal as, yeah. um, to top it off, if I'm feeling so bold. But um, <laughs> let's move on to the next fixture. These are the Saturday fixtures. Um This one's going to be on BT Sport if you're in the UK. It's Wolves versus Man United. But if you are in the UK and you don't really want to care about which channels the, the games are on, then I highly recommend that you link up with our presenting sponsors. This podcast is obviously presented by eplindex.com in association with Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. You can check out their services at libertyshield.com. You can save with the coupon code EPL25. For those of you whose Christmas presents got lost in the post, this is a fantastic gift to give to someone. Um, EPL25 gets you 25% off of your router or software VPN. It's a virtual private network that's a technology which encrypts your internet traffic to protect your online identity. It hides your IP address and shields your online data from third parties. You don't want to get into business with those hackers. You can change your location, avoid geoblocks and government-imposed restrictions to access any website. Now, that part is key because with that, you will be able then to, for example, tune into games on NBC or whichever American network that it's being shown on um, in the UK. I've mentioned this game's on BT sport, but there's a whole host of games at three o'clock that are not televised. And Liberty shield is a fantastic tool to be able to watch games live right at your fingertips. Um, Guys, you can also go to EPL index shop. You'll find it on Etsy. If you use the coupon code EPL 10, you get 10% off at checkout. Now, Wolves versus Man United. both teams coming into this game off the back of wins. Maybe slightly different wins in, in terms of how, about, how they, they went about getting those wins. But nonetheless, they're three points. I guess that's all that matters at this point of the season, as I keep emphasizing. Wolves with a sort of last-minute win at Everton uh, to take that game 2-1. And then Man United with the emphatic 3-0 win over Nottingham Forest do you take more weight you know in of of victories at this point in time i'm i'm looking at wolves and it's it's a spirited last minute winner that's probably going to galvanize the team man united it's emphatic 3-0 win um i guess the neutrals will say well it's only against nottingham forest man mm. united will say well we looked very impressive doing it regardless of who we were playing
0: Mm-hmm. This
1: could be a very interesting game. Obviously, Lepetegui, very new into the role at Wolves. He'll want to keep the momentum going there. They're another team that's at the wrong end of the table and would have been expected to be a lot higher. But Man United without Ronaldo, who I warned everyone about when he came to Man United, that they would be better without him. Um, The arsonist and the firefighter himself, Cristiano Ronaldo... Man United look impressive, jody
2: yeah they're, I mean I hate to say it, but they're they're getting they're getting better they're getting up there. I wouldn't have said that kind of towards the end of the season, but I think you know a certain certain person having left the squad potentially might have had some kind of impact in that um I think rashford, as well you know he's showing that he's up for it, um they're definitely in better form that they've been in for a while, so yeah, I don't know, i mean wolves. Man, they haven't been having much fun really. Um, I think, like you said, they definitely showed fight against Everton and I think we'll have to see, you know, if they do get any form of new manager balance with Lopateggy on board. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm worried that um, I am worried that Man U are going to be a contender for top four if they sort themselves out enough. There's too many situations happening around that kind of kind of <laughs> zone, um, and I guess we'll get into Spurs. But yeah, I am I am worried that they're starting to have some kind of uphill um, trajectory now. So I think the fact that it's at Molyneux may play into towards favour, um, but I do think Man U are looking up for it. So. Yeah. I think I'm going to go for another 2-1. I'm going to go 2-1 to Manu for this one.
1: Yeah, 2-1 yeah. to Manu. Um, I've got this exact same score, 2-1 to Manu. What's that? I was tempted to go 2-0, Manu. Um, but I, I think Wolves might have the spirit to get a goal at home, yeah. as you said. But yeah. I think United in this game might allow Wolves a lot more of the ball than maybe people would expect. And then try and use that pace of the Rashfords, as you mentioned, the Martials, the mm. Try and use that pace on the counter attack. Maybe get you know Ericsson and Bernard, um, and Bruno Fernandez uh, mm, quickly Ericsson. onto the ball yeah. Um, yeah. to to sort of spray balls into spaces that would have been opened up by Wolves being you know drawn towards Man United's half of the pitch. I, I can see that being Man United's tactic in this game, and and I was almost breaking into laughter when I was saying Bruno Fernandes because you have been goating me to try and say Bruno Fernandes. <laughs> uh, some of the commentators have been saying uh I, I'm not, no, not. Portuguese, uh, so I, I'm not confident enough to to call him Bruno Fernandes yet. But uh yeah, Bruno Fernandes, <laughs> I think he's going to start to really excel at Man United now that he's yeah. gone yeah. from there. But Let's move on to Bournemouth versus Crystal Palace. Now, these were two teams that looked very undercooked, um, in their games. Mm. Uh, Bournemouth improved in the second half, I thought. Um, but certainly to start their games, I thought they looked a bit lost. Um, obviously Bournemouth, um, yes. you know, the manager woes that they've had this season, fair enough. Chelsea started that game really quickly um and, and and started well but as i said they they grew into it a bit so maybe they take spirit from some of the second half performance and then crystal palace who either just everything went wrong everything went wrong <laughs> for them uh, against fulham oh. uh, obviously getting the two yeah. red cards as well doesn't help but yeah. losing 3-0 to fulham at Salhurst park we Ow. all know southers park is probably my favorite ground in the premier league um to just the atmosphere that they have there. Um, mm. yeah. So that, that was disappointing to see, but it then poses a very interesting conversation for these two teams in that at least they're not playing teams that are in form. Yeah. We're both coming into this game <laughs> off of losses. We're both coming into this game <laughs> looking a bit rattled. Um. Maybe it evens it out for, for both teams. I'm going to go with my scoreline right off the bat and I'm going to go right off the bat because it is a scoreline with my heart kind of (laughs)
0: because
1: people know I've always had a soft spot for Crystal Palace at one point the original darlings (laughs) they were the original darlings of this podcast one of the or the original unofficial official unofficial uh, team of the podcast and as I said we have to say that because of the fact that you know the suits upstairs do not endorse (laughs) it And, and, and they don't want us to, to say that for legal reasons, but <laughs> it's an unofficial, official, unofficial team. Um, and that was in the first season of this podcast. It was Crystal Palace and we sort of kind of kept an eye on them, um, throughout. And, and so there is a soft spot for them. So yeah, I've, I've gone with a Crystal Palace win in this one. I've gone 2-1. Oh, wow. I, I'm not confident. Uh, <laughs> I'm not confident at all but well what do you make of this game uh,
2: I yeah I, I don't I actually don't know what to think about this one as well like you said like both teams mid table not really doing much of note like uh, I know Bournemouth had quite a few players out sick in the match against Chelsea I think which impacted them quite a bit potentially for that one but I don't know we'll have to see if they've got a better squad on Saturday but I think um Again, Palace, like, I think, I think they won the last couple of matches, uh, when these guys have played before. It doesn't really tell you much, though. Um, but, you know, again, like, they haven't been having the greatest season, like you say, and the three now loss to Fuller over the weekend. I think that's just going to be playing on their minds. Um, a lot probably going into this one. The fact it's not at Soho's Park as well, like, you know, they don't have the, the massive crowd behind them. Um, it really could get, go either way. I think this one, um, I actually, I don't know. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do a guy with this one. I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna do a guy drinkle, and I'm gonna say nil nil. Like I don't oh think it's gonna God. be any even when he's
1: not on the podcast. Our executive <laughs> producer somehow sneaks his way in. He probably told us to, to, to predict a nil nil, didn't he? <laughs>
2: No, I just I'm I'm not feeling it. I don't think oh, there's gonna shocking. be anything happening in this game. It's just gonna be nil nil. Sorry Something guys. Something
1: small you yeah. It was <laughs> absolutely shocking. Um, yeah, executive producer guy Drinkle loves a <laughs> nil-nil draw. Um but okay. Nil nil yeah. which is fair for teams that we kind of
0: are stumbling <laughs>
1: over here because we don't know what version of them are gonna turn up for this game and, and hopefully for both sets of fans that a better version turns up for them. In these games, but we mentioned, you know, the woes of Crystal Palace a little bit earlier there. They played Fulham and the team we talk about next is Fulham. They will be now at, um, Craven Cottage. They will be entertaining Southampton. This should be a good mm. game, I think. Um, Southampton obviously at the moment are bottom of the Premier League. They had that 3-1 loss to Brighton, obviously, um, James Watt Prowse with the, he missed the penalty, but then, you know, got the, he- the follow up header um, into the goal. Um, <sighs> Fulham continue to surprise me this season. They continue to get <laughs> wins on the board. They're on 22 points, 16 games in, fantastic position to be in. Coming up against the team that is bottom of the table at the moment. Do you see them just continuing to keep the good times rolling? I mean, Mitrovic is back, which is always possible for them. Um, yeah. you know, heading towards the, the World Cup, he was kind of injured and then wasn't really keen to play because he thought it might diminish his chances of playing at the World Cup. But that's now behind him. That's in the past. Um, he, his focus is just on keeping Fulham in the Premier League and also keeping his great start to the season on, you know, continuing against a Southampton side who four losses now on in a row. Now, <laughs> The worry for me with Southampton is they have a lot of very, very young players that are starting for them. And do they then have that mental Mm. capacity to deal with a situation that they're in with the expectations that probably Southampton fans put on them? Um, Once again, one of those clubs that's been in the Premier League for quite a while will expect to be in the Premier League come the end of the season um and then you've got guys like James ward price um James Ward-Prowse the 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 senior players who probably need to help drag you know the the club to safety in my opinion in that the youngsters yes they're going to flash they're going to show some brilliance every now and then but they're not going to be consistent because you don't get consistency from young players unless they're generational talents so it's going to I think this game needs a big performance from James ward price in midfield Um and he's coming up a very interesting midfield in Fulham who have you know wrestled games away from teams in in certain games you can kind of hear maybe with how I'm speaking where I'm leaning with my <laughs> prediction but let's hear what you have to say mm. about Fulham versus Southampton
2: yeah so you pretty much covered it really Southampton like <laughs> oh mate deep in the relegation though like deep deep like last right deep <laughs> that loss to Brighton like it's not going to do anything for their confidence I don't think I think they've lost what you said the last four, four games in the Prem. I think um I just don't think it's gonna I don't know it doesn't look good for them I don't think there's an end in sight recently you know in the recent times for them at the moment and I think Fulham are just doing bits at the moment. I think they're going to be on such a high after that 3 0 win, um, over the weekend against Palace. I think, like you said, Mitrovic back, like he's just going to be on it. I think, um, you've you've got midfielders, you've got Andreas, you've got players like that who are, you know, who are, who are up for it and who are really, um, who are really there for Fulham. So I think they're going to be up for it again. Um, I think with, with, you know, the players that they've got, Um, I think they're definitely going to take this one against Southampton. So I'm going to call a Fulham win. I'm going to go big on this. I'm going to say 3 1 to Fulham. Um, I think they're going to crush them. I really do. (laughs) I'm sorry, Southampton. But I just think, I don't know, I have a feeling. I think Fulham are going to really fight back. They're going to, their heads are going to be like massive after that last win. And I think they're just going to go for it. So, yeah. 3 1.
1: Craven Cottage will be rocking with that score. Yeah.
2: (laughs) <laughs> um, and for
1: Southampton, then it's, you know, as, as you mentioned, their heads probably were down after the, the yeah. loss last week. And, and this just compounds the pressure on them. And it'll be interesting to see one of those teams that maybe might look to salvage things by dipping into the transfer market. But we will see soon enough. Uh, a team that never has issues with questions about dipping into the fant- um, transfer windows, Man City. Um, but before we... Get to Man City versus Everton. My prediction for this game, I've gone 1-0 Fulham. I think, I think that, that Southampton, yeah, I think that Southampton, oh, I mean, 1-0 one. One Fulham, 1-0 <laughs> Fulham, yeah. but yeah. I think Southampton yeah. have to react from last week. They have to show some kind of fight. I know it's away from home, which makes it a bit tougher, but I, I, I think they're going to try and be tougher to break down in this game. And then Fulham just sort of see the game out with the 1-0 win in that one. But let's move on to Man City versus Everton. I think Arsenal fans are starting slowly to get that feeling that Liverpool fans have had, I guess, for the last <laughs> four or five years, which is Man <laughs> City nice. is inevitable. Man <laughs> City, every time you think, oh, this is the game they might lose. I mean, yeah. they, they, they did lose, you know, before... before um, before the World Cup break. But in the game against Leeds, you're looking at that game, you're thinking, oh, could Leeds pull a draw in this one? Could they get a win? Man City haven't put the ball in the back of the net yet. And then they're just inevitable. They're a freight train Mm -hmm. and they end up winning that game 3-1. They come up against an Everson side, another team, so many teams (laughs) that are probably very disappointed with the way that their seasons have started and looking for reaction and probably even more disappointed that they didn't see a reaction in the Boxing Day fixtures. Uh, they mm-hmm. lost 2-1 to the aforementioned Wolves. Late, late uh, victory for Wolves in that one. And then you come up against Man City
0: at mm-hmm. the Etihad. I mean,
1: that that's tough sledding, if, if ever there is any. Um, dare I say Everton need to focus on the goal difference? In this game, because that might become a factor for them if they continue to slide down the table. But I can't see anything other than a Man City winning this one, Jody. Uh, what do you think?
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, I think they've only lost once at home, and I think that was just before the World Cup break. So, yeah, and I think against Everton, you know, uh, you've again, you pretty much covered it, but. Um, I do think we're going to see them start taking the lead um hopefully above above Arsenal um I just think there's no stopping them with Haaland, you know, really is there, and then you know that's without any potential January signings again, you know, they'll probably go and crush it again in january and and ugh, it's just going to be all over, isn't it but um, yeah, I think they've got a really good record against Everton. I don't see that stopping um I think the Everton side, who really can't seem to get going this season, like you said. Um, I think Everton really need to do something about their defence in January if they can. Um, Otherwise, they could be in like massive trouble towards the end of this season. So I think, like you said, there's there's no other way that this game can pay out other than a City win, and I'm going to say 2-0 to City. I think City are going to dominate the match, and, yeah, I'm going to say 2-0. 2-0 Two
1: to Man City. I've gone 4-0. Yeah.
2: Nil. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> I've gone
1: 4 <laughs> I'm sorry, Everton fans, but I just think Man City are – just gonna continue domination. to get angrier and angrier as the season yeah. goes on, the longer they're not at the top of the table and they're gonna be hunting Arsenal down. Um yeah. but don't worry, Arsenal fans, we'll get to all the positives that you have. Well, <laughs> I guess I'll speak of the positives <laughs> as we're <well>. the Spurs fan <laughs> on the podcast this week. <sighs> but um before we get to Arsenal, let's move on to Newcastle versus Leeds. Newcastle probably Um, Arsenal fans might argue it, but Newcastle are probably the informed team in the Premier League at the moment. Um, They looked impressive against Leicester. I mentioned how Leicester sort of down tools after they went 1-0, but take nothing away from Newcastle. Newcastle have been fantastic this season. Uh, Eddie Howe has done a fantastic job. I mean, the only thing that I'll say to poo-poo the whole Newcastle thing is... They they have spent over two hundred and fifty million. Mm. Like <laughs> people act like they, yeah. you know, they, they haven't spent yeah. that much money or like you know. But, nice to but, be able to though. But <laughs> the important thing for Newcastle is they've actually spent it wisely. Well, yeah. And the players have reacted. Not only the players that they brought in, the Bruno Gemerashes of the world, but. It, as important, equally as important, the players that were at Newcastle beforehand, they could have started sulking, thinking about, well, my career here is probably over soon once Newcastle start. You know, the more transfer windows there are, the less likely I'm going to be to still be at this club, um, considering the amount of money that they have now. So they could have easily down tools, um, and, and, and not reacted the way that they have. But you've got guys like Miguel Almiron that, you know, mm. Ballon your contender, Miguel Almiron yeah. <laughs> playing yeah. like an absolute freak at the moment. Uh, so it's really good to see that it's not just the new players that are, that are performing for Newcastle. Also the players that were there before all the money came in are performing and stepping up. Um, and they're coming up against a lead side. I'm really looking forward to this midfield battle. I'm mm. not sure if the Americans are going to be back for Leeds in this game, mm. um I'm looking at the likes of, I know, for example, Tyler Adams was suspended for the previous game in any case, which hopefully means he is back for this game against Newcastle. Um But I really, really, really think the energy that Leeds show in midfield against the energy that Newcastle have in midfield could be a really fun game and at St. James's Park. I mean, that's a party atmosphere every single time. And as I said, I think it's unfortunate that it's one of those games that's the three o'clock kickoffs
0: because yeah. in the
1: UK people can't watch it. But if you've got Liberty Shield, you can watch it. So um how do you see this game going?
2: Yeah, again, I think um <sighs> Newcastle, right? I think we're all done now, aren't we? In terms of those below, (laughs) those below, uh, Newcastle and city and potentially, uh, Arsenal. But yeah, I think we may as well just call the season. Now these guys are definitely (laughs) making top four this season. I'm sorry it's happening. I don't particularly want it to happen, but it's going to happen. Um, I'm really scared about what that means for like all of us down below there. But, um, But hey, you gotta stay positive. Um, (laughs) winning 3-0 to Leicester over the weekend. I mean, really, really scary times, um, with these guys. You've called it like Almiron is just a beast and a weapon at the moment. He's playing incredibly well. Um, I think Leeds haven't had the best start to the season. I think they're, they're pretty low on the table for kind of what, you know, where Leeds would want to be. Um, but they are really fun to watch. And I think, like you said, I think it could be a really fun match if they both show up on the day. Um, I think Leeds could, I think they could, could show up, um, for this one. And I think kind of up against the Newcastle team who are such in form at the moment, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game to watch. But, um, I really don't think there's anything stopping Newcastle at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think Leeds will score, but I'm going to say Newcastle to win 2 1. 2-1
1: 2-1 to Newcastle. I've got yeah. a 3-2 because I really, yeah. really want to see an exciting midfield battle with plenty of goals at St. James's Park. Newcastle, don't worry. You still get the win. You still continue your challenge yeah. up to top, up, you know, up the table. But I want, I want Leeds to really come into this game and, and show some fight and make it a really exciting one. But let's move on to the team. I guess you least wanted to speak about today. Um, <laughs> Arsenal may travel to Brighton. Um, both teams coming into this one off of wins, which is always good for a fixture. Um, Brighton continue to look confident, continue to look composed, getting goals as well, which is something that used to bother Brighton in the past. But if I mean, if you look at their last four or five games, even the two games that they've lost, they've scored in all of them. So they are scoring goals. Um, obviously, they've got that really, really solid midfield that continues to perform really well. Coming up against Arsenal, who are top of the table, playing well, were behind against West Ham and then went on to win the game. Um, Arsenal will be flying into this game. Their form is incredible. As I said, I still think Newcastle are the in form team in the league. But there's no reason for Arsenal to come into this game expecting nothing but a win based on what they've done so far this season. Only one loss and one draw. 13 wins out of 15. But Brighton have have shown that they are the giant killers. But Jody, wh- what do you think of Brighton versus Arsenal?
2: Um, yeah, Brighton, like you said, I think they've had a pretty good start to the season. They're currently sitting in seventh, which is quite, you know, is quite quite a good spot for them. Um, they've had some big wins as well. I think big wins against Wolves, Chelsea, and I think they drew with Liverpool back in October as well. So they are having a really good start to the season um arsenal though oh man (laughs) these guys are not slowing down at the moment um i hate to say it but they are playing phenomenally well phenomenally well arsenal you guys are doing amazing and you know it um i had hoped for a bit of a slip up after the world cup maybe but you know they just looked really good This week against West Ham. So, I I just, I don't know. I really don't think there's much slowing down going to happen for these guys. I think Arsenal have to win it. Um, I don't want them to. Spurs, please. Any Spurs fans that are listening, I don't want them to win. But I think we all know. (laughs) I think there's no other way. Um, Brighton, please take this one from them. But yeah, I think, I think, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go with what is actually probably going to happen on the day. Arsenal are going to smash it. Um, I'm going to say 3-1 to Arsenal. I think it's just mm. going to be a, yeah. There's going to be high scoring, I think, from them, and I think they're going to take it. They're just, their heads are so big at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you know what, Jody? If you don't want to be the Spurs fan on this podcast, I'll be the Spurs fan <laughs> on this podcast. Brighton are going to shock Arsenal. I'm going to go 3-2. Oh. I've gone back-to-back 3-2s. I'm going to go 3-2 <laughs> to Brighton in this one. I've seen Brighton be giant killers time and time again, and every time mm. I doubt them, they always come up big. So I'm going to switch sides and I'm going to back them. I hope I'm not cursing them. Um, I hope <laughs> I'm not flipping the luck on them in this one. But I I do think that Brighton's midfield is going to have enough to worry Arsenal and not allow Arsenal to play that free-flowing triangles football that they like to play. Um and i think that they've shown that they're dangerous going forward i think this game is probably my game of the weekend in terms of games to watch because i think brighton are going to be right up for it against arsenal and if this happens obviously then that's maybe the first chink in the armor uh, in the armor for arsenal and then people maybe might start doubting them but at the moment no reason to doubt arsenal as you've mentioned and it, it does make sense with your score prediction with how Arsenal have done this season. As I said, only one loss so far this season. Only them and Newcastle have lost one game this season. But let's move on to your mighty Spurs. Uh, Spurs versus Aston Villa. Now, last time out, we mentioned Spurs played Brentford. Spurs are a team of two halves. <laughs> um, and, and I think I heard the commentator mention in the game that maybe Spurs fans might not turn up for the first half of of games, just turn up for the second half because <laughs> the first half performance as well. Aww. But they come up against Aston Villa side, who I think under Unai Emery they're going to continue to get better. Um, to be interesting to see another team. That's interesting to see what they do in the uh, transfer window. But they're in they're in twelfth. They probably would have wanted to be closer to seventh than they currently am than they currently are. But it's not impossible. It's not impossible. They're currently six points. Um yeah 6 points behind 7 which isn't as bad as you would have thought it would have been considering that they've had a manager that has been fired but I'm going to hand over to you to sort of break down what what is going on with Spurs Jody and can they have a reaction in this game against Aston Villa
2: mighty Spurs hey um I wish I knew I wish anyone knew what was going on with Spurs I wish what is going on guys literally what is going on I mean we can't let another match go by with us conceding first we have to get the first goal we have to do it come on guys you've got it <laughs> you have to do it we're just so terrible in the first half like you say um something needs to give us that like we can't we can't go on playing like this for the rest of the season. There's no way we're going to make top four like that. I mean, I hope we do, but we really need to switch it up. Like, I think our season's consisted of us, once again, relying on a certain few players, Harry Kane, Benton Kaur, Hojbjerg, Romero, you know, these are the guys we're kind of relying on. But we we just need to massively upgrade um, upgrade our defence. We can't let goals in. We can't keep conceding goals. And I think we've got enough, you know, Fire power in front to, to make it work. But it's just, I think our defense is really lacking and it's, it's just really showing. It's frustrating every single time I come on here. I'm never happy with Spurs. I think maybe once out of every eight, eight games, I'm a little <laughs> bit happy, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's a sad situation and we can't have nice things at Spurs. But anyway, um, I think against this game, so Villa, I think they, they definitely put up a fire against Liverpool over the weekend. Um, I think they were lucky because they were at home and the crowd was massively behind them, but they definitely put up a fight. Um I do think Spurs should win this one. I say should very firmly. Um <laughs> should. <laughs> should and will is a very different game, um or a very different a different thing to say. But I think we've got Romero and Benton called back for this game, hopefully. Um I think they were both massively missed on Boxing Day again, saying that we're sort of relying on these players, but I'm going to back my boys. Um, I'm going to go with a 2-0 win to Spurs. I think Harry Kane and Kulu are going to score. Um, but we massively have to get these goals in in the first half of the game and, and just give the Spurs fans uh, a good show. So
1: I, I like what Day. you did there with the 2-0 <laughs> prediction because that guarantees that Spurs will get the first goal.
2: Yeah, we have to. We have to. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm... I'm, I'm it's New Year's Day. It's 2023. It's a new Spurs. <laughs> it's a <fresh> start. <laughs> it's a new day. It's a new Spurs.
1: New year, new Spurs. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah. I've gone 2-1 because I'm, I like the Spurs. <laughs> I think Villa score first again, but no. Spurs are going to have too much firepower. That that The, the uh, thing for Spurs is Antonio Conte's teams, and especially their league-winning teams, have been built on very solid defenses. Yeah. They've got yeah. so much firepower and, and, and the system allows for enough goals to be scored in game. It's just the unforced errors from defenders is costing you guys. So yeah. Much. Imagine if Guy doesn't make that mistake. You mm-hmm. go into the half one nil down. You'd probably feel Spurs go on and probably win that game.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. But
1: now it's 2-0. It, it's a mountain to climb. It, it's a bit harder to, to get a win off of that. It's just those unforced errors from defenders. And I think Spurs, if, don't sign anyone but a centre back. Put all mm-hmm. your money together. Forget <laughs> about the, um, the, the wing backs. And wing I backs. always hear Spurs fans talking about wing backs. <laughs> your wing backs are fine. Conte <laughs> won not- a league. Conte won a league with Victor Moses as his wing-back. He doesn't yeah. need Trent Alexander-Arnold or Rhys James oh. to, at a wing-back. He's <laughs> fine. What he needs is defenders that aren't going to cost him the game. He needs yeah. defenders that are going to make sure that they keep the scoreline at least to a difference of one, so that he can allow the likes of Kane, who, by the way, has been playing fantastic this season. Really but good, for really being season. in the league, Kane would yeah. be flying away. Yeah. Um, you know, them's the breaks. But, yeah, I think for me, t- uh, 2-1, as I said, because I like the spice. <laughs> Let's end the podcast off with Nottingham Forest versus Chelsea. Now, Nottingham Forest, um, be- you know, when the season was starting, after they made the 373 signings, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> you know, there was optimism. And then… <coughs> we've seen the team play and understandably when you make 723 signings it's impossible <laughs> for them all to gel so quickly and to play seamless football it was always going to take time we're only 16 games in there's still time for this team to gel I doubt they're going to be busy in the January window but you never know maybe 724 is the lucky signing um, <laughs> but I think, I think this game is coming too early for them I think this game against the Chelsea side, who started the game really well against uh, Bournemouth last time out. I'm going to go with the Chelsea 2 0 win. Um, maybe it's a bit cautious because I'm still not sure about the Chelsea firepower. I know they got the goals against Bournemouth, but I'm still, there's still something about Chelsea's attack that's a bit off for me and, I, and I'm, I'm I need to see a bit more from them to be more confident with you know predicting high score lines for them even against the likes of Nottingham Forest but jody well, what do you make of this last game of the the new year's weekend
2: yeah I think Forest they're not in a great position I don't think it's you know unexpected for them to be kind of where they are second last on the table really struggling against the bigger teams um I think like you say I'm just not sure if they have the quality they need within the squad that they have, um, although they did knock us out of the Carabao Cup, so there is that. But so that's a cup game, so we're not talking about that. <laughs> um, I think Chelsea have a few injuries as well. So James, I think Mendy, Silver, I think are potentially not available. Um, but we'll have to see as we get closer to the day. But um, yeah, I think I agree. Chelsea should take this one. Um, I'm cautious. Um I'm cautious of not giving a massive scoreline for this one. Um I just don't really know how it's going to pan out with the sort of injury situation and obviously Forrest kind of with their squad. So I'm going to give it a modest 1-0 to Chelsea. Um definitely think Chelsea will win and I yeah I don't really see it being high scoring at all. So 1-0 Chelsea
0: win.
2: Yeah. Which
1: is it, it, it's a win. It's a win yeah. as I keep saying at this stage of the season. You know, coming off the back of a mid-season break with games coming thick and fast, just get the points on the board. That's what matters. Mm -hmm. The performances will come. Worrying about how the team is playing will come a bit later. Just get the results on the board. Take a bit of pressure off of the managers and allow them to get that, you know, freedom into the players and confidence into the players. But this is our first podcast. We mentioned how the the performances will come, etc. The rustiness is still there for teams. Obviously, there's still rustiness for me as well, having taken a very long World Cup break. I enjoyed that break, by the way. It mm. was a good time to refresh. I know the team appreciated it. They got to refresh. They weren't working on run sheets and all of that nonsense. Um, so it was really good fun. But, yeah, we're back. We're geared up for the rest of the season. We're looking forward to a really, really fun end to the Premier League season, so second half of the Premier League and end to the season. But that is going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable. Jody, do you have anything you want to plug, put over, or promote before we wrap up?
0: Uh,
2: yeah. Oh, it's good good it's back we're back in business it's been a bit of a break but we're back um so yeah you guys can find me on um on twitter it's berzy 141 um but also as tad mentioned you can find me on paxton road tv's youtube channel um where i do a tottenham player ratings uh player rating show um, usually on a Sunday, but I guess it differs when, you know, when we're playing on different days. Typically a Sunday night, but sometimes I switch it up a little bit depending on when we play. But, um, but yeah, it's good. It's, uh, it's a bit hard. <laughs> Not many high scores with Spurs this season, but yeah, no, all good.
1: Awesome stuff. Um, from my end, guys, go and check out all of the content on EPL Index website. Their match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, all of the news that you could wish for. Of course, there's the daily podcast show. It's the two-footer podcast with Dave Hendrick. Finally, also check out the flagship show that runs weekly. It's the EPL roundtable where Kev DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewings and previewings of the happenings around the EPL. So we do the pre um, of the weekend. They do the post of the weekend. It kind of harmonizes things quite nicely. Also follow this show on the Twitter page at predictable. Follow at EPL Index on Twitter. Subscribe to EPL Index channel on your podcast providers. Give us five stars. Write positive comments. That stuff really goes a long way, guys. And we do appreciate all of those that do that. I've been to the Ocha You can find me on my Twitter handle at Tad Predicts. Huge thank you to Obi Semenya. He's at John Empire SA and Spursy 141. She's at Spursy or oh, Jodie McInnes. She's at Spursy 141 for the guest intros. Our producers behind the glass, Mr. Guy Drinkle. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. As I mentioned, she's been Jodie McInnes at Spursy141. Go follow her on Twitter. Go comment and like on all of her YouTube shows. And remember, Chasinga Perry,
0: And still, Salah. Oh, sensational. Son had a goal and still a beauty. Oh, what a strike from Yuri Tielemans. Still got oh, he's done it again. And City Sports Social Podcast Network.